Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Book Goodies, the author interview series. My name is Deborah Carney. I'm your host, and I am joined today by author Rob Riley. How are you today? Hello, I'm fine. Um, I would love it if you would introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay, I'm, I'm uh, Rob Riley from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm a retired Milwaukee police detective, and I've been an author for 16 years. I've been uh, started off with a, a workshop, uh, novel writing workshop. And I've written six novels, and I finally got one published. And uh, it's called Portrait of Murder. It's a uh, about a former Milwaukee police detective who left the department to go out on his own as a private investigator and he works by himself he's kind of a lone wolf character uh, and does mundane things uh, which most PIs do which is uh, checking out names on computers uh, that type of thing running mm-hmm. down insurance claims uh, but he uh, has a good friend who has a problem with uh, uh, a relative and the PI Jack Blanchard gets dragged into an investigation that uh, is involved with multiple murders in the city, and it includes uh, up to the city hall and the police department corruption and what have you, and he uh, is unwittingly and unwillingly mm-hmm. drawn into this, but uh, because he doesn't want to do that kind of thing anymore, but that's too bad for him. He And so that uh, the novel uh, goes from there until it uh, has the resolution at the end. Nice. It's uh, all that stuff people want to know about, you know. NYPD uh-huh. Blue, find the bad guys, even if they're within the, within the, um, within the police department themselves. Which... Well, there there are bad guys uh, in the police department and in the city government. There you go. He gets he gets to the bottom of it all. Nice. That sounds really exciting. And and you based it on you know. And this is important for our listeners to to know. You are basing it on what you know, which is being a police officer in a uh, in in your own city. And you didn't stretch it and try to make it you know an LAPD or you know a story about a nurse or you know you you write about what you what you know. Exactly. That's what I. That's uh, the first thing I was told when I started trying to write, which goes back to when I was a police officer. I had this thing in me, and I was told to write what I know. And uh, while this book has absolutely no, none of the uh, situations in the book are anything that I actually dealt with, right? Uh, I created everything, but the uh, police procedures of how to go about investigating and what. Uh, the reality of all of that, uh, I was able to draw on that and, and, and write the story that way to make it technical. And uh, so the, the amount of research I had to do was minimal uh, because I basically had all that I needed from my own police experiences. I'd been on the job for 32 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, way back when I was a, a new kid, I, I, I worked undercover for seven years wow. in, my, in my 20s. And, uh, it was mostly narcotics, but it, was, it involved everything, and, and, uh, including some of the some of the student protesting thing that was going on in those days. I I was to infiltrate that and see what was happening, and there were many other things that we did. Uh, and then after seven years, I got promoted to detective, and from that time, I 
uh, for the next 22 years until I retired, I worked on major crimes, including homicides and robberies and burglaries and you name it. And that's what will give your book authenticity. You know, you uh, you aren't someone pretending to, you know, you aren't writing uh, from the viewpoint of a, a, a non-police officer. You have, like you said, you know all the policies and procedures and all the technical stuff. So that way, when people read your book, you know, they know it's all fiction, but they also know that, you know, they have a, a belief in the back of their head that you know what you're talking about. And other police officers or people involved in the industry will know, that, you know, they'll read it and go, yep, that's that's how you're supposed to handle it. And, you know, they'll, uh, it, it, it just lends to make people trust your, your writing even more. Well, I, that, that was the hope for effect. I, I, uh, I knew I had it in me. Yeah, all cops, all people, who you, you have it in you, you know what, what's there, but to, to be able to externalize it, put it on paper, and, and do it in a way that tells a story that people are interested in, that was part two. And that's what, you know, I learned that in my workshops. But uh, people who are uh, officers and, and involved with the law, uh, attorneys and what have you, have read stuff, uh, some of my stuff, and also that it, it appeared as though I was able to translate uh, things and, and do it the right way, which encouraged me and kept me writing, and uh, it's, it's what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to be able to have some of the details of what an investigation, a police investigation, is all about, uh, to do it in, in a way that I didn't overwrite it, but yet where it was all accurate and where people would get it and what they, they would understand it. It's, it's very easy to go into the into the tall weeds, as they say, and get too detailed. <laughs> yep. and, uh, and, and then that deflects uh, from the story. Uh, you want to do it hopefully just right. Uh, and give the people some of that, the reader, uh, but yet have the story move along. Right. And that was what I was, was hoping for. And... Uh, I got a, a couple of reviews. I had one uh, very excellent review uh, from a place called Pacific Book Review, and uh, they, um, excuse me, the the, uh, the reviewer said that he, he thought it was done. Uh, he gave me an excellent review. He said it was done very well. And that's what that's what you want. Right. And now you said something else that was very interesting to me. You said you started out by going to writing workshops. Now right. are these um, like at the local college or? Are these uh, writers' groups, or what? What type of workshops did you start out? Well, the, the very first thing I did was was uh, <laughs> I wrote short, short stories. It was uh, correspondence courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I was thirty years old when I started that. I'm a newly made detective, but I had, like I said, I had something in me that needed to create. Mm-hmm. Uh, that none of that went anywhere. Nothing got published, and I. Let that go, and then uh, in my early 40s, let's say about 1994, uh, was introduced to a gentleman who lived in Dubuque, Iowa, who uh, had been a college professor of uh, at uh, he had done guest professor work at the University of Wisconsin Madison and at the University of Iowa, and he did things through libraries, and I picked up on on him, and I sent him some stuff, and he said that it was worthwhile and invited me into his group, which for about six months was over the telephone, but then he had to stop that. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, you live in Dubuque. Uh, 
he says, yeah, you live in Milwaukee, Sawyer's nice to know you. And I said, well, guess what? I'll drive out to you once a month, one Saturday a month. I'll come to Dubuque at your house, and I'll, I'll be one of your students. I did that for 13 years. Wow. <laughs> and uh, um, he and I became, he, he has passed a few years ago now. He was a great gentleman. Uh, he, was, he was an author. His name was John Tiggis, and he was an author of 40 or 50 books himself before he got into full-time instructing. Mm-hmm. and editing <clears throat> and it, we became close personal friends one of the best friends I ever had in my life but uh, he walked me through all of this stuff uh, slapped me up a little bit at first as, as they say <laughs> he had that kind of nature he would talk that way you know? yep. straighten me out uh, but he, he got me to a place where he said he thought I had what it took to write a publishable salable book and that's so important that um, one of the things, you know, that a lot of writers are is very introverted and they don't like to go out and get involved with uh, other groups of people because they're afraid of criticism or, like you said, being slapped up, you know, in a way yeah. that they need to be, you know, with constructive criticism, but they're just, they're afraid to put themselves out there. And I'm finding more and more of the successful authors are telling me that they they go to a writing group or they're in an online writing group. It, 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 had I not gone to that group or something that uh, as good as that, I would have never been a writer. Never gotten anything published. Uh, and it wasn't just John; it was the people he had there as well. Uh, he had wonderful, uh, brilliant authors and who were le- people learning how to be to write a book. They were good writers. Mm-hmm. And we would exchange pages with each other and critique each other's stuff. Uh, and then John was the head of the group, and we'd all get together once a month, and we'd pass it all around. We'd stay there for three, four, five hours a day in his house as long as we wanted to. And um, we taught each other. It was just the best experience in the world because people would they would call you out and say, this does not work or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some cases, there were some people there who really weren't that good, and, and uh, they kind of had to sort of leave <laughs> because they they knew they couldn't measure up. And some of the critiques were a little almost brutal, almost the kind of stuff that you'd read in the in the paper. Or something. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, that's part of the deal. You you have to be able to hear that. If, if you've messed up, you've got to hear that. And if you're going to improve and write well, you've got to be uh, strongly criticized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you get in the right groove, then you'll be uh, rewarded. You will be complimented. Uh, but you have to write well. If you don't write well, you're out of there. Uh, don't even bother. Uh, uh, it's either take take the abuse, if, if you want to call it that, the, the criticism, and work with it and grow and become what you can be, or it isn't going to work. And uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to get with a man who was first class. Uh, as an instructor, and with his, the people he chose to be in his group were all first class. Many of them went on to become published uh, in other genres and what have you. And that's really important, um, a couple of things, because uh, first of all, you were a police officer, and like you said, it would be really easy to overwrite, and yes. it would be really easy to underwrite. So to have people, when you read your book, you know, when you do your second, you know, read through to do your second draft or your third draft or whatever, everything makes total sense to you, but 
it might not make sense to someone not involved, and that's what you needed to hear. You needed to hear that, well, I don't care about all this technical detail, and yet over in this scene, you told me you got from here to there, and you didn't explain how you did that. And while in your mind it made perfect sense, because you can make the connection, so that's why you really need people that are outside your friends and family group to be able to read so that they can't put you into the story. They just can read the way um, an unattached to you reader would be able to read your book and would know what things, what you were trying to say and let you know if you succeeded in getting that point across or if that scene was accurate. Well, everything you just said is exactly what, what went on. That's exactly what you need and it's, it, it, it's what, I, what I was fortunate enough to have. And uh, I, I was uh, a quick study. I was told that I was. I, I didn't. In that, I didn't stubbornly def, uh, defend. No, this is the way police work uh, lives, and this is the way I'm going to write it. I, I, I wrote it the way it needs to be written for the average reader. I, I was. I, I accepted that. Mm-hmm. that. So I, I, I did so quickly. So I learned how to uh, to trim it down. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I wrote more and more stuff, and uh, a couple, three books. Uh, by that time, John, he said to all of us, he said, always become your own best editor. In other words, listen to good criticism, mm-hmm. follow it, and get to the point where the new stuff you write, you can write it the right way to begin with, where you don't need to be corrected so much. Mm-hmm. And and I, I I believe that I and, and other writers, we got to that point. You could tell by watching what they wrote, mm-hmm. and A, by reading what I wrote, we could tell we all had reached a point where we could write stuff that was the way it should be the first time out. Uh, because we had been, after years of, of workshop work, and that's what it took. I, I, I don't want to sound discouraging, but some people maybe won't take that long. They've been mm-hmm. college courses, and they, they've maybe been doing this and that, but in order to hone to a, to a sharp point so that you can get yourself a marketable book uh, as quickly as possible, you should go to a workshop it for no other reason but then to get the opinions and the reaction from other readers. So, uh, objective, disinterested, third-party people who don't know you and don't care other than just about what you write. And then they will be brutally honest if that's what you need. Yeah. That is where you will, that is where you will get your, your chops, as they call it sometimes. Um, you need to do that, I believe. And, and, and that's what people like this, uh, John Tiggis and other instructors have said, that you you got to go through that process. you got to mm-hmm. go through the grinder. you got to go through the grinder. Yep. Because, you know, like you said, everything you wrote for the first few years was garbage. But yes. you had to well, write that to get to the good stuff. Uh, well, and, 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 and a person who has a facility for writing, uh, it may be garbage compared to what you need to put on the market, but the, a, a good instructor will, will see that you have what it takes to be to write well if you accept instruction. Right. And, I, and, then, yeah, and some people can't do that. Some people say, ah, baloney. Uh, one, one gentleman I worked with, he was a, uh, a physicist and what have you, and, and he said, no, no, this is a, he wanted a story based around quantum mechanics, and it was all very technical, and he said, that's the way it is. I can't break it down and make it simple. And he left the class. <laughs> And he left our class. I don't know that he ever published anything, but yeah. because he wouldn't allow 
us to help him right. break it down so that the average reader would understand his quantum um, physics stuff. Right. He couldn't, he, he had it, even though he was brilliant and even though he was a great writer, he could not write a treatise, a book, a novel, or whatever it was. He couldn't gear it down so that the average person would, would get it. One of the most frustrating things for me when I took a creative writing class um, at a local college was when, um, you know, he would give us a challenge and tell us to write something. And then, like, you know, you would write five or six pages of, of whatever, and then he would critique it, and at the very end, he would circle a sentence and say, this is where your story starts. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, what about all the other pages I wrote? <laughs> well, yeah, and, and, and sometimes, yeah, well, then that's the other thing, is sometimes some instructors are kind of kind of haughty and elitist, and, and, and they, they want to... Uh, make their point their own way uh, they think of being witty or something and to do what what that person did to you or that that was wrong you got to be right up front from word one of of, of, yeah. of your of your page uh, right straight forward none of this playing games yeah <laughs> like that that was that was not nice but that was not uh, an instructor who did not do well uh, hopefully the, the 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 key thing is get yourself into a group and then Part two is be with good people who know what they're right. doing. And unfortunately, there are some people, well-intended, who get together, four or five people, say, let's have our own group, but they don't know what they're doing. So right. they can't help each other. Right. You need to have a, a leader that knows what they're doing in order to have the whole group function well together. Exactly. Exactly. So, now, um, I want to talk about your choices in publishing. So um, I know you're published now. You're publishing through Orange Hat Publishing. How did you come to the decision to work with them uh, versus did you did you try to go with a more traditional route or did you know you wanted to go with a smaller publishing house and did you consider independent publishing? Okay, seven hundred rejections, husband. <laughs> <laughs> now they weren't all rejections. Rejections, in other words, they didn't all. And I'm talking about agents. Uh, they most of them didn't even read what you sent. They just right. they were too busy or whatever. They, they said we can't even consider what you're doing, and they'd send you back a form letter. Uh, I did have uh, I had three agents. Uh, one of them, the last agent I had, was a woman who had New York connections, and she was uh, very positive and hopeful. Uh, and uh, the stock market crashed in 2008 and she went out of business. She wrote me a letter said, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm done. <laughs> she, said it, she was an independent person. She didn't work for a big firm. Right. And, and she said, I hate to say this, I'm warning you ahead of time, most independent agents at this time are going to, they're going to be out of business. Wow. I, I, I belonged to a group or I was associated or I, I kept track of an agent uh, there were 700 agents listed with this particular thing. Within 18 months, it was down to 100. Wow. And um, so I still sent out query letters, but half of them didn't even return. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because they were ignoring them. It was just because they weren't even in their office anymore. They were gone. Right. So uh, I did have a couple of people pushing for me, and I had some other agents said, we, you're good enough to get published, but... Uh, nothing happened, and it was about 700 letters that went out that all ended up being no dice. Uh, 
there's, a, there's an amusing story about how I came upon uh, Orange Hat and mm-hmm. Shannon Ishizaki, the Ishizaki, the owner. Um, this past, uh, past fall, I was uh, I sent out another 50 query letters, mm-hmm. and uh, suddenly I had a, a kidney stone attack, and I'm in the hospital and being uh, sedated so they could remove the kidney stone. And uh, the nurse was talking to me and my wife, keeping us calm, as it were. And I mentioned somehow that I was an unpublished author. And she says, oh, okay, well, there was a, have you ever heard of Orange Hat? And I said, no. Uh, She said, well, there's a woman who was in here earlier. And um, um, she is a, well, I thought she meant an agent. Right. So my, my wife wrote Orange Hat down, put it in her purse. I proceeded to pass out and have, <laughs> have my kidney stone removed and a couple of weeks later uh, my wife pulls the slip of paper out of her purse and says what's about orange hat and I said well okay agency uh, so I went online looked at her site uh, and I thought again I did not see publisher right. I was still taking Percocet and uh, for, for pain for follow up stuff that I had with my kidney stone and um, I just sent it to the query letter to her as though I was sending it to an agent and not a publisher. Right. So she didn't understand what I meant. So she called me and, and I said, well, uh, you're just an agent. What do you mean you're going to publish my book? <laughs> <laughs> she said, no, 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 no. I'm a publisher. She said, I'm new and I'm small. I'm in Milwaukee. I'm local, but I am a publisher and I want to publish your book. And I said, oh, okay, forgive me. And so then we discussed it all and came upon our deal. But uh, she asked me later on, she has it in her website, she has uh, um, comments from her authors, and I have uh, just a brief description about how we hooked up, as it were, through the publishing thing. And I, my last sentence was uh, that the nurse mentioned Orange Hat Publishing, and I said, who would have ever thought that a kidney stone could act as a literary agent. <laughs> a literary agent. <laughs> yeah. which, which, in effect, my kidney stone was my literary agent. After 700 attempts through, the, uh, through legitimate people who are listed online, my own body took care of it. I have to tell you that Shannon, um, I interviewed her on a podcast last night, and she specifically said to ask you how, how you guys met, because she <laughs> wanted to see what you would say. Well, so... Drugs and Percocet, and it's a good thing your mother was, or your mother, oh dear, your yeah. wife was standing there with you to be able to write it down and put it in, because you would yeah. never remember. Yeah, it, it, it was a very bad time for me. I was, I was ill, and I had another illness that came up, and I was taking very heavy medication, uh, and I was practically bedridden, and I, I didn't get it. And, and when Shannon called, and I'm going, uh, <laughs> and uh, well, it all worked out. And I know uh, Shannon is a, has a great sense of humor, and she's a little imp, and I knew she was going to lead me into that story with you. <laughs> but she loves it. She tells that story to everybody, and she even put it on her website. And uh, what's, what's, really, what's really nice about that story is something that you hit upon that other uh, writers, when you're looking for someone to publish your work, she called you. Right. When she didn't understand what you were emailing her about, she called you, and exactly. she didn't just put it into a slush pile and say, I don't get this, and pass it off, or well, hand it to an assistant. She, you know, she actually called you and talked to you. Well, what, what happened was I, I sent it through email, and, I, and, and 
she said she liked it so much she sent an email back saying yeah i want to publish your book mm-hmm. and i thought it i thought i thought well agents don't publish anything they, <laughs> so I, I kind of thought and there are sometimes there's crackpots now i didn't think that about Gannon <laughs> or orange hat but i just thought anytime an agent is offering to publish uh, something isn't right it's mm-hmm. just, it's, that's not the way it's done i did not understand that she was a publisher right because and again, you're on it was drugs. because I was so medicated when I was doing this, <laughs> this work. Yeah. So I did not return her calls. I did not. Re- I did not respond to her emails, and she wanted to, to to have a chance to publish my book. So she finally went out of her way and called and said, uh, "You know, we got it going that way." And so uh, actually, I was kind of embarrassed because I completely did not understand what she had been up to, or what right. she was that that she was legitimate and oh, right. publishing. So, but it all worked out. We laughed about it, uh, and uh, it, it became a, a part of a relationship, a friendship that we had actually developed uh, beyond uh, publisher-author. And uh, yeah, we, a lot of enthusiasm has been generated. We got to know each other even better through a few humorous stories. Yeah. Well, and that also goes to show that you <laughs> you never know what shape or form your literary agent is going to end up as. <laughs> Exactly. It can be, uh, uh, to, to say, uh, my literary agent was a rock. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literal, liter- literally true. Uh, so I, it, it, was, it was just one of those, it's, sometimes life, uh, it almost seems like providence comes into play. Uh, yeah. Another uh, interesting fact is uh, Shannon, I found out a few months after we were working on stuff, that her, her birthday and my birthday. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, and uh, I've got a few decades on her. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we laughed like crazy because uh, so many other things fell into place for us. Uh, our ideas about how to do things and, and designing the cover of the book, um, it just, I would have an idea, she would have an idea, and it, they were independent but it would come together and work together in a way that both of us thought was remarkable, that I had never worked with anybody like that, uh, except for John Tiggett's in terms of him instructing me. In it. Right. But it was just, it, we, we laughed about it. And then finally one day I looked at her Facebook page and it says her birthday. And I said, that's my birthday. <laughs> that looks so I, familiar. So, so I, I, I sent her the song Birthday by the Beatles. Uh, oh. I, I, I uh, emailed her that, and uh, I, I changed the label to uh, Interesting Tune, and then she, this was after we knew our birthdays were the same, and then she right. played, so, you say it's your birthday, well, it's my birthday too, yeah. Well, yeah, that's they, funny. We kind of have that relationship. And that's what, that's really important, because in the, in the way the publishing world is going right now, um, I am talking to more authors that are working with smaller presses, that are uh, able to give them the personalized attention that a large house wouldn't be able to give give them, and um, you're able to have access to services and to knowledge that you wouldn't have if you were going the route of self-publishing all by yourself. So that uh, it's like a, a a mini industry that is expanding. Back in the day, if you were quote-unquote self-published or you were published by a small press, it was called vanity publishing. Exactly. And it isn't vanity publishing anymore. Not anymore. And, and in fact, that, 
there's a, a man in Milwaukee who uh, runs, it's called Mystery One, and it's the number one mystery selling, independent mystery selling bookstore in the Milwaukee area. And this guy's been in business for 20 years, and he has national connections with selling and moving product. And he, when I went in there with my book and talked to him about it, he said that uh, this is the way things are going. He sees it all the time. He can tell by the development of the business nowadays that the, that the, the main publishing houses do not have the, uh, the impact that they used to have. They don't have the, the, the uh, number of clientele. Um, he, he said, unless you are already known, if you're an unknown author, you're not getting published. You're not even going to get considered. <laughs> and uh, that's one of the reasons why the agents went out of business is because the publishing houses said, well, we don't need times, you. Times are tough. Money-wise, but the because of the internet and eBooks and what have you, we don't we can't take in what we used to. So right. therefore, our doors are closed to even you guys. Uh, we're not going to read your stuff anymore. Your your stuff that you get from people. Yeah. It, it was bye bye. And yeah. unless you were somebody that they knew, or let's say a person who had a big scandalous public thing that they'd get a million dollars, <laughs> you know, just because it was a scandal, well, that kind of thing they'll publish. Right. But true literary works, no. And it is, but there are people who are going, that's why Shannon was able to open her own Orange Hat Publishing Agency, because she was, that was a market. Yep. And, and uh, you know, the market has, has its way. People will create a market. And so she's been very successful. She's been in business about a year, and she's, she's published about 20 books so far. Yeah. And she's just, she's just one person. She has a couple of assistants. Right. That's it. I mean, she's doing great. And these are good quality books that are doing well, local, but uh, they're all getting good reviews. She, mm -hmm. she, does, she does hire top uh, uh, editorial people, uh, and she does all of that. But she, And she was in the business before she started her own business. Right. She knew all so, the ins and outs already. So she, she, was, she was ready to roll. And... Uh, these are the kinds of things that are that are developing. This uh, gentleman, again, I told you about from Mystery One, told me that's exactly what he sees coming in. Uh, there's even, there are more and more people who are just simply doing it themselves, uh, self-publishing, and they're being successful. And the reason why is because they can do all their marketing online, and they are and that kind of stuff reaches everybody right at their computer in their home. Mm -hmm. They don't have to read the newspaper or a magazine or somebody on TV talk about a book. They can look and look and look all the different genres, and their stuff pops up. Mm -hmm. And if it if it's got a, a if it looks uh, attractive enough, buy an, uh, you know a Kindle book for a couple of bucks, mm -hmm. and, and who cares? And, and that's how you develop a name for yourself. If if you're good and you get that kind of thing, it'll spread. And there are people, more and more people, who are doing that. I, I talked to a woman at a book signing who, who sells uh, about 200 e-books a month and she, she, she did it all herself. And she yep. told me her whole, whole story. She, she did all the things that Shannon at Orange Hat is doing for me. She did that for herself. She's been in business with it for a couple of years now so she's, she's getting a track record going. But if you sell 200 e-books a month and 50 uh, paperback, 25 and you did it all yourself. Yeah. Ooh, you are almost a miracle worker. Exactly. <laughs> because not only um, are we able to market ourselves more online, but there's a lot more competition. 
So you need to be better than the competition, more creative in your marketing, and you need to know your audience and go after your audience. And, and of course, the old saying, bottom line, is quality. If it's good enough, it'll sell. You do have to work. You're going to have to go out there and push and promote and market and, and all of that. But if you have a good enough product and you get it out there, it will sell. And the other stuff will fall by the wayside. Now, how are some of the ways you're marketing your book? I, I, I'm sorry, what? What are some of the ways that you are marketing your book? Uh, well, I, I, actually, Shannon and her assistant are doing most of that kind of stuff. They, uh, she has an assistant, Amanda Hauser, who has been uh, contacting uh, magazines, newspapers, uh, all over the place, and lining up interviews and uh, people that... To, take on the book and maybe interview me as an author. Now that's work in progress. We've only been doing this for a couple of months. We're just on baby steps. Mm-hmm. And she has, we have to We have to wait in line for that a little bit. Uh, but she's the one who's taking care of all of that. And um, Have you done any local events, like local book signings? Well, I've or? done book signings, yes. Book signings. Uh, I've I've done uh, well for my launch party, which was in April. I've done about a half a dozen. I'll have at least a half a dozen more uh, uh, booked for the next month or two. Um, But the book signings themselves uh, won't be so hot unless the word is out there. The marketing and promotion has gone out before you. Right. People have to know about you and know about your book. They have to have heard about it, and they have to have at least had a opportunity to see a, at least a blurb or something about it that they're interested that it might be worth their while mm-hmm. so, so before you even sit down at the book signing at, at a bookstore you got to have that going first Local otherwise press. otherwise no one will show up you'll have a 20 books sitting there and, and you won't sell one mm-hmm. um, so it's it's the book signing is, is the, the last step in the process of local marketing okay uh, you got to get out there to the right places with flyers, with uh, posting on blog sites, on websites. I'm on uh, uh, Facebook. They have their own, like a little business page. Or I have, uh, I got into a friend of about 150 authors. Many of them best selling. Nice. Uh, there's a, a LinkedIn, which does business. I'm into their. I've gotten stuff from them. I've sold books directly to people one-on-one sales simply because I joined those uh, organizations and I and I posted my book and my review and people looked and said I like that send me your book nice um, now that again that's like uh, just one or two here and there to begin with but that's the way it'll have to work in the big picture if you're going to make uh, become a, a true seller mm-hmm. sell a, 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 maybe not a bestseller I mean that's rare but we sell a lot of books, as it were. Uh, you have that's the way it starts. Uh, I have one guy. He runs a magazine called Crime Spree. It's a he has seven hundred fifty thousand readers nationwide. He happened to be located in Milwaukee, and he was telling me. He says, "Give books away." Mm-hmm. He said, "Go to go to fairs and, and and the food places where they have all kinds of where they sell food and they sell this and that." He says, "Offer books to people." Mm-hmm. He says, "Keep uh, well." He told me, he said, uh, there have been instances where people have had their stuff pirated, and it worked in their favor in the long run, because somebody would basically steal your book offline, but yet the 
it would spread because that book would be read by many other people. The title would be spread, the, the, what the book was about. And people would say, yeah, I read that book. That's really good. And then people would go and buy it. Uh, he laughed when he said it. He says, you don't want <laughs> pirating is always bad. He says, but the way things are nowadays with the Internet, he says, look at it as you are giving your book out there to people as samples. <laughs> the way, the, 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 the nice. way, the way uh, Boston store, somebody that has their uh, their uh, per, uh, perfume people, you know, hand out stuff, give it for free, yep. and a lady likes it and she goes and buys it. He says, look at it that way, and 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 being that we are small, you start from that basis, and there is strong, there is evidence of people being successful doing it that way. And in, in some cases, even ridiculous evidence, like this one particular um, 50, 50, I won't say too much, is 50, uh, <laughs> that book. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's doing so well. Um, all self-generated self uh, by that woman, and uh, other people are either self-generating or being with a small publisher and being right. successful. Yeah. And, uh, you don't measure success in being the number one bookseller on the New York Times list any longer. Uh, that's so rarefied it's not even, you know, you don't even think about that. Right. But you can still be successful. You can be selling a significant number of books and be a successful bookseller without and getting to that level. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, niche niche selling, being at the top of your particular niche, or even just being selling things on a steady, you know, steady basis, is enough for most of us. Because, like I said, there are so many choices, and you're putting something quality out there. And if you give away samples, or you know, hand out some books at a at a at a farmers market, or you know, whatever local event you can, you're going to start building a following. Um, do you use Goodreads for anything? Do I use Goodreads? Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> I'm on there too. I've, I've sent out everything through every avenue they have, and I've gotten feedback from it. Um, it linked me to a place called uh, Crime mm, Crime Writer Fiction, uh, where they they post the covers and a synopsis of all the newly published crime fiction. Nice. It's a it's a very professional site, they're, and they're selective on, on who they put up there. You have to send them your stuff, and then they will uh, approve you or not. And I sent uh, him, uh, the owner of the site, uh, my stuff, and plus this review I told you about from uh, Pacific Book Review. Right. Which, uh, I gave him the the, uh, the link to that, and uh, within a day. He said, yeah, send me the, everything you got, and I'll, I'll put you on this site. Nice. And now, uh, that, then, uh, that just happened within a day or two. I got that from LinkedIn. Uh, because there's always something new. Every day you get a, if you sign up and you read your email, every day there's a, there's a new twist in, uh, introduced, a new blog site, and this stuff all works. If it didn't work, people wouldn't, wouldn't post it. True. Because these are people who are in the, they're in the business. They're not just trying to make money, but I mean they're, they want to be successful and make things happen. And if it if it doesn't work, they won't post it. And uh, 
That's exactly right. If it's not quality, either they'll post a bad review or they'll just ignore you. <laughs> right. And in that case, you prefer they ignore you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they send you privately, you know, some constructive criticism or, or why they do. And it's really, um, book reviews are tricky because it's so subjective and you just might have a renewer, a reviewer that doesn't like your genre and they can write something negative about your book, but they don't really have a basis to write negative about it. That, that's true, and you have to be selective. You as the writer have to be selective. You have to be careful and go to people who have a reputation for being truly good reviewers who mm-hmm. will review it the right way. Mm-hmm. And there are people out there who, who won't. There are some people who have a big name for themselves who actually really aren't the best best reviewer you can get. They're not objective. They There are certain genres they don't like, so they give it the short shrift. Right. Other things they go for, uh, they, they pump it all up because they'd like to see this book sell more. Right. And so you have to go to people who are truly professional. And I, unfortunately, I went to one, uh, I have one review that way so far. There's others pending. Um, and my uh, marketing rep uh, selected out a couple people and she does her research, she finds out about them and now we sent books to them and they're in the process of uh, developing reviews that are going to be published and uh, That's really great, it sounds like you're getting a real a lot of support from Orange Hat that um, people just don't get from big publishers anymore and even some of the boutique publishers don't do as much as what it sounds like you're getting uh, from Orange Hat. So that's really great and a real testament to you for going with them and a testament for them to knowing what they need to do to, right. to make you and them successful. Right. And, and they, they told me the, 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 the things I can do from just the contact as, as I see these websites pop up or these locations pop up that I... I and uh, given a, a green light to access this stuff on the fly and sometimes that's just what what happens mm-hmm. a new thing will come up I'll send in my, my stuff I'll get a response it's a link to other places where I can spread my information that's awesome um, I I think we might have another storm coming in. <laughs> we're, we're recording this between uh, thunderstorms in both of our locations. Well, um, mine, uh, mine is the sun just is coming out now. Yeah, okay, right, good. Cool. And here's what? Um, yeah, it's getting a little darker over here. So oh. um, I, what I do want you to do, though, is for me, tell me um, if, if a new writer came up to you, new writer came into your writer's group or whatever, what, what would be your first piece of advice to them? Uh, well, first of all, of course, write what you know, but um, to listen, to, to submit your stuff, and, and pay attention to the to the critique, to the advice you get, and take it to heart, um, and and be, be guided by that, and use that to improve what you're writing. Um, you have to be careful. Sometimes you might have someone advising you who isn't really very sharp. That does happen. Mm-hmm. But basically, align yourself with people who know what they're doing, and listen to them. Take their advice. And even though it goes against your grain initially, go with what works. Let those people teach you about what really works. 
and go from there. And uh, there are things that, as a brand new writer with no experience, you do have some beliefs about your style or the information, the way you're presenting it. Um, it just isn't quite right, and you think it's good, but you get corrected. Listen to those corrections and, and get yourself on track to become a good writer so that whatever it is you write, if it's your book or just writing a paragraph on a letter to your friend, you write well. Write whatever you write, write it well. And that's the first thing you need to, to make sure you have that down pat. That's excellent advice. Um, Rob, I'm so happy that you took time out of your day and that the storms cooperated to let us have a conversation in between them. Um, How about that? Something went right between Milwaukee and New York. (laughs) (laughs) That is is pretty funny. Um, So tell us where people can find find you on the Internet. Do you have your own website? or No, I'm still uh, through Orange Hat. Orange Hat Hat Publishing. you can also uh, another link uh, website that I would like people to look at if they're if they're interested is it's called Pacific Book Review. Uh, I am my my book is the featured book of July of 2012. It's uh, when you type in that link and go there, my book is on the front page. Oh, and nice! So the the cover of the book and uh, a, a lengthy, extensive review, and it's a good review, is there also. So if you look at those two sites, uh, you'll get everything, uh, everything about them, about bio and what have you. Uh, also, the, the, you know where you can buy it. It's, a, it's a Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and uh, it's not at local independent bookstores yet. Uh, we are building toward that. So, but you could go to Barnes and Noble, and they would order it for you. Okay. Awesome. Um, also, uh, people can find you, you said, on Facebook. Do you have a specific page? Uh, my page, just type in Rob Riley. Uh, I'm not much of a Facebook person. I kind of just follow along. <laughs> um, I'm, as far as I know, I'm listed by just my name, Rob Riley. Okay. And you, we can also... That I know for a person you're looking for, it'll, it'll come right to my page. Oh, okay. And, and I'm, also, I'm also on Twitter. Okay. Uh, with uh, Rob uh, Rob Riley 101 on Twitter. Okay, and on Goodreads. Uh, yeah, I, I look at Goodreads. I, I don't have my uh, my information on Goodreads yet. Okay, cool, good to know. All right, well, again, thank you very much. And for Thanks those for uh, listeners that are listening on iTunes, um, please go to bookgoodies.com to bookreviews.com. Bu- no, bookgoodies. Bookgoodies.com. Yep, bookgoodies.com, and you can do a search for Rob Riley, and his this the show notes for this podcast will show up, and you'll be able to find all the links that we just talked about, and uh, we would love it if you would uh, leave us a comment, let us know, you know, if you have any questions for Rob or for myself, and at the top of the page you can go to the contact us form. And request to be a pod, you know, have a podcast with us, or suggest a topic that you would like us to do a podcast on. And also, uh, there is a form you can fill out that you can tell us about your book, so that we can put your book information right on our site as well. And you can find us also on Facebook and Twitter at slash bookgoodies, and you can find me at debracarney.com. 
And as always, we want to thank uh, geekcast.fm. Geek as in computer geek and cast as in podcast. Geekcast.fm for hosting all of our podcasts and where you can go and listen to podcasts about internet marketing, working from home, and all kinds of other fun stuff. So, um, again, Rob, thank you so much. And uh, everybody, get writing and have a great day. And, And thank you. Thank you very much for having me on your show. No problem.